you know, you penalize. Schedule it differently. Yeah. You schedule it differently. Exactly. That's exactly right. You schedule it differently. When it's whites, you go after the drug manufacturer. They they just, what is it? The Sacker family just has to pay $6 billion now. Uh, and everyone who was ended up being addicted, addicted to opioids is getting tons of money pushed into the system so that they can get into rehab programs to, to you know, to bring them back to their glory, to bring, to bring the white person back to being a productive member of society. But black people who are irredeemable, we're going to put them in prisons because they, they, they can never, you know, they were they were always going to be addicts anyway, and they were never going to really contribute. And we don't want them to rise up and kill us all. So. <laughs> You know, back you go, back you go into chains, back you go into being, uh, to being incarcerated. Very beginning with Luke Perry, he's sketching. Oh, really? Uh, it's the uh, I guess archaeologist is. In it's Egypt. when they're in the. It's when they're in the desert before in the, the temple. Yeah, cover the temple. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Luke, you're, I, and he's, it's he's reflecting the sunlight with the mirror, and he keeps falling asleep. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. As he's light. Right. I mean, that's a very obscure reference, but yeah, that's a I pretty guess. good reference. Uh, pretty I don't obscure. get to that often, if at all. <laughs> you know that? Well, there, there it is. I don't get to use that reference ever. That that's probably more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> right, Give it so, to me. Did you? Um, what do you want to do? Well, I came in. Do? Oh man, I came in. I, I'm, I'm. Uh, I've got, I've got rants. We, we've got continuations on Ukraine. Um, you know the, 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 the episode is spiced. There's, there's definitely spice. In fact, welcome to Retraction, Nothing? the podcast yeah. with spicy conversation and even spicier wings. Might be encroaching on some copyright. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you can't copyright. It. You can't copyright. <laughs> you can't copyright a tagline. That's not. You cannot you know, copyright a tagline. No, you oh. cannot copyright a tagline. There might be just, one. Ta- no, there's only one tagline. Ret- I think it. Oh. Retraction. Just do it. <laughs> okay, so you could. <laughs> you probably could get away with saying it. You probably can't do like some sort of. I think you're going to get in trouble with the swoosh, and the and the, and the little. Uh, retraction symbol that we have on the pod i think if we added a swoosh to it and we said retraction just do it then we might get in a little bit of trouble there there's one person who did i think what's his name jimmy not jimmy buffett jimmy buffer uh the let's get ready to yeah. rub i don't know Mike, why Mike, michael? i don't know is why that accent wait is what? it michael buffer is it yeah jimmy? michael yeah that, that's it michael buffer yep michael yeah. buffer i think got the patent on let's get ready to rumble i think He's the only person who can say that in a fighting area, like in, in the venue, I think. I don't know if he has the patent, period. Like, I don't know if you could write a book called Ready to Rumble. You must be able to because there's a movie called Ready to Rumble. So God, uh, can you do that where you're not allowed to say something? That sounds odd. That I wonder. That's what I'm saying. You probably can't do that. But I, I think probably the patent is probably odd. If you happen to be doing a Showtime or HBO fight and you are the announcer, you cannot go and say, let's get ready to rumble. I don't think you could say that. I think it, that's doesn't he have a kid? Is. Doesn't he have a kid? Doesn't he say it too? Or no? Maybe. Well, you could you could lease out your oh, intellectual you can, property. You can, you you can, can yeah. inherit your your. Well, I mean, I mean, what he gave it to him for a dollar. Where he, <laughs> he said, hey, I'll license I'll this to you for one dollar. One dollar. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Just make sure it goes through. Just make sure the uh, just make sure the checks don't bounce, kid. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I so I I mean, I, my, my rant off the top. <laughs> 
is is mood. with it's your me. mood. You're you're in a ranch mood, so the I am. I am in dark. a ranch mood, but I don't. I don't like. Yeah, but I don't like this light. Just I'm, I'm gonna fix this. I, I can't rant in this lighting. <laughs> what am I, an animal? <laughs> All right, there we go. I deserve proper lighting. What is it, Mister Deville? I'm ready for my. What is it? I'm ready for my close up. Is that is that the line? The What's that line? From? What's that from? Um, I thought it was. Is it from that Hitchcock movie? Anyway, all right. So, so my grandmother is on Medicaid, okay. And I'm actually, it's 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 amazing that she was able to that she's able to get Medicaid. Now, there's definitely a whole rigmarole uh, to get Medicaid unless you are absolutely destitute. My grandmother is now, I think, 88 years old. She'll be 88 this year, and she has dementia. And uh, without Medicaid, we would not be able to afford. Uh, any kind of care, uh, like the aides that are currently living with her, and not like they don't live there, but they stay with her in the house on a rotation, uh, which would not be able to afford um, on her uh, on her income, even though her income is quite good uh, for a pensioner because uh, she gets two pensions because she was a nurse for New York State. So there's like a uh, like the nurses organization pension and she gets another one from the state. So it's actually a pretty sweet deal. I don't know if nurses today continue, uh, currently get uh, such nice benefits, but when she was in the heyday of nursing, when she was a nurse through the 60s, 70s, and 80s, uh, so she definitely banked quite a bit of money in terms of her pension. Uh, and then she also gets Social Security. But the thing is, uh, as a retiree, she makes too much money to actually be on Medicaid. So we, we had to do is we had to create a trust, uh, and, and the trust basically handles her affairs and they handle the money. And I don't know why a trust is allowed. I don't know like why the legality of why a trust is what you need. So who gave you this guidance? How do you even get that guidance? Oh, dude, this took years, took years of figuring this out. Years, like a decade. Is that a financial advisor or you just talk to like an attorney or? Yes, yes, yes. Find no, that you, out. no, you have to. Well, first of all, you have to hire an attorney. The, the attorney, like an attorney will walk you through the process of how you actually like get a financial attorney. I mean, I no, I'm no, Medicaid attorney. Asking. No, they're oh, a Medicaid. I know. Attorney. It's okay, a Medicaid yeah. attorney. So, wow. a Medicaid attorney will help you figure out how to get your loved one, your you know, a senior citizen into the into the program. Now, Medicaid is definitely different when you young when you're younger. You're you know, if you're impoverished and you 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 qualify for the system, I think that there's a whole different set of rules that go up for that. Uh, the reason I want to concentrate on Medicaid when it comes to senior citizens is because I don't know if a lot of people realize how kind of crap Medicare actually is in terms of the fact that Medicare will not cover something like this. If you if you have dementia and you are going downhill, Medicare is not going to step in and say, oh, yeah, we'll cover this. This is part of your health care, all the bills, the, all the taxes you've paid throughout your entire life. We got you. We're going to set you up. No, no, they don't. They don't do that. Uh, one of these houses or whatever, you, they'll, they're will they going to charge you thousands upon thousands of dollars a monthly, which, you know, over a year or whatever. And you could live for quite some time in the state that my grandmother is in, which is like, a, you know, she cannot care for herself in any real shape. Um, so Medicare, like mm, every retiree yeah. gets Medicaid, you need to be destitute, right? Correct. Like yes, yes, okay. yes. So you, so you need to basically liquidate. So, I mean, the idea, <laughs> if it, if you were, I mean, this is like, a, it's like an old thing to say. It's like, uh, if you are getting old, it is best to liquidate your assets before you lose uh what is it like your mental uh, faculties to uh, manage your affairs, uh, which my grandmother did not do. So we had to do a trust uh, by the time she, she progressed relatively quickly. And by the time we really were, you know, in the, in the thick of it, she can no longer sign and, and, and do things for herself. Um, so, 
uh, and so, so would she that, have like a power of attorney or something like yes, that? Yes, that's in correct. That, in that right, case? that's yeah. correct. Right, which which her son has, uh, my uncle. Uh, yeah. So the reason, so all that, I just have to set the stage because that's not the that's actually not the issue. I mean, I think that is an issue. I think that the system should automatically kick in if you are diagnosed with some sort of terminal illness. Uh, I do believe that, especially a system that is billed as like. Uh, a socialist program for you know the, the like one of the few socialist programs we actually have in this country uh i think it should be robust enough especially considering how much money we spend elsewhere which you know i get into uh should be robust enough to be able to handle citizens who have contributed uh their entire almost their entire lives to this system should be able to come back and take care of them without having to go through such like a massive rigmarole <laughs> and you have to have money the thing is you have to have family with money to hire attorneys in order to do much of this, much of the work that uh, went into setting up my grandmother's system, which, so. which is ironic because it's for people without money. So how are you supposed to navigate this? If, well, yeah, you, you have, yeah, you, you have to have money. Your, your attorney. That's right. Unless you find someone who does it pro bono, and that's that's right. You. That's right. But that's right. so uh, you know, for myself and for the listeners, so you have Medicare, Medicaid. One's for uh, when everyone gets, and when you get if you're poor. Um, and well, not everyone. If you're if you're old, like Med- Medicare oh, kicks in for, for yeah, yeah. If you're old, but everyone qualifies unless you qualify for um, Medicaid, me- med- Medicaid, right? Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, and so uh, clearly, it doesn't make sense to just have those classifications just to like label someone as not being able to afford it or, or something. So, is it that the services are different as well? You mentioned that what's covered is different. So yes. it's not like one covers 10 services and the other covers 10 services and the other one just supplements you more than in that sense. I'd be like, why even have two? just supplement people as needed? Oh, but yeah. yeah. Well, that, what I, you're saying is the services that are covered are different for both two. Yes, because it med. I don't now. I don't know how Medicaid, why Medicaid uh, is forced. Medicaid is basically forced to cover uh, these types of services, which would either be an in-home care facility uh, sorry, not in-home care, in-home care or a care facility, uh, depending on the, you know, the, 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 the type of illness or ailment that you may have uh, in, into your old age. Um, or you could just want to, you know, or, you, you know, you could just want to live in an, um, it doesn't have to be so severe. It could just be something where it's like you're, you know, you, your, your knees aren't great and it's very difficult for you to move around your own home. And so you, you're moving to a facility that is supposed to be a little bit more uh, uh, friendly, um, you know, for whatever the whatever it is that that you that you might need now. And the, and the thing is, we're talking about real like, you know, we're talking about, you know, not, oh, man, I'm retiring. I'm 65. I'm going to go down to Florida and live in a retirement community. I mean, that that's a completely separate thing that we're talking about here. Um, you know, we're talking about where you cannot actually care for yourself. Um, so the anger, the what, what's upset, what's upsetting about the system is that. All this works fine, except that every year I have to annually, I have to annually, (laughs) such as every year, you have to recertify the finances of my grandmother in order for Medicaid to continue. So it requires a yearly renewal on any, this is for anybody who's on Medicaid. So if you are young and you're, you know, and you're in dire straits and you qualify for Medicaid, you have to come back and recertify every year. Otherwise, you will lose Medicaid. My issue is we enact the most stringent policies for the poor with the assumption that the poor are going to swindle the government out of, 
I guess the money to take care to the money for healthcare, the money that you, you, you're that the government that you're taking from the government so you could care for yourself. We're swindling them out of that. And so to make sure everyone is on the up and up, you have to recertify every year. Now that's probably, it's a little probably, I mean, it's not easy, but it, it's a little easier for someone with full mental capabilities for people that do not have, you know, people who cannot care for themselves. It falls on the loved ones to now have to like pull together all their finances every year and give it back to the government to say, oh yeah, guess what? They're still poor. I don't, <laughs> that's, I don't understand what the government is looking for here. Are they looking for someone with dementia to have won the lottery in a like from year to year? And then they're like, oh, my God, she won the lottery. She can now take care of herself. Nice try. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We tried to get us over. You won a million dollars. This is why we bet millions of people every year. Exactly. Get that one. To get that one. And, And that's what's crazy. Warren Buffett is not on Medicaid. He, he like he's never going to be on what is Medicaid. the cost of that. What is the cost of that process that we're all paying for? Exactly. That's exactly and what, what I'm... savings are we seeing at the end of it? None. Exactly. What what is the cost of this bureaucratic process to vet millions of people that are on this system every year to make sure that nobody is undermining the system? And even if they were, it's like. <laughs> How much can you run up in medical bills that you needed? No doctor is just going to. It's not like elective surgeries are covered under Medicaid. You can't go and get cosmetic breast, surgery. Yeah, you can't get cosmetic surgery on Medicaid. Like that's that's absurd. Any service that would be provided is something that was necessary, something that would, would have either saved your life or is required so that you could have a decent quality of life. The fact that you're forcing people like someone like a pensioner with dementia to have to recertify to make sure that their dementia is still in place. <laughs> it's like, what, what are you doing? Alone? What if, what if, what if you don't have any family? Then the, then the system would have to take care of you. So th- th- what my grandmother is afforded because she has family is I, so I've actually, I hired people under Medicaid because this is, this, again, this is one of the more onerous things that gets put upon families. I would through Medicaid, I'm able to hire people to take care of her. But you're right. If you don't have someone, then you end up in a state run facility and not all state run facilities are under the Medicaid program. Shocker. Best best state run facilities are are not in Medicaid. Okay, yeah. the, The ones that you pay out of pocket private facilities are the best facilities. The government doesn't cover those. I'm not saying that the all facilities are terrible. But they're definitely have they just don't receive as much funding as a facility with an endowment and with like and and actual you know wealthy people funding it. So that that that's that's one of those things. It's definitely a different battle to fight. You know here, that's still not my issue. My issue is what is with that? What what why require people to have to like try to nickel and dime them to say you know you have to be on the up and up every year? And here's the thing, for somebody with a a degenerative disease like my grandmother has at least make it five years or four years, or you have to, yeah, you have to do it every three years yearly. That's what I'm saying. How much money do you think we waste doing it every year? I don't know exactly how it works, but I can understand like proof of life type thing so that you're not just collecting checks and cashing them fraudulently for someone who's already passed. I don't know if that's like even possible. It's not possible. Like that's the proof of life if that's needed, but to, Say, like you said, oh, you're still poor, do it annually with knowing that the assumption is this person's even able to do that. Yeah. And then and then to your point, 
I'd be curious around the statistics. That's fine. If you wanted mm-hmm. to be ultra cautious when the program first launched, whenever this was, and you're like, hey, you know, let's just think ahead. Let's play some chess here instead of checkers. Let's see how people could abuse it and build in some safeguards. Oh, wait, feedback from the field is saying this is ridiculous and really cumbersome for the and puts a lot of onus on the patient who is not capable of these tasks that we've given them. What percentage are we are we mitigating against? What's the actual risk? Oh, this is super like unnecessary. It's 0.001 percent or whatever it is. I'm sure it is. Uh, let's just do away with this. Look, it's whatever. always the high pro. It's it's all the hyperbolic nonsense that goes on in Congress, where people are always lambasting the poor, saying that you know there you've got what is it, the welfare queen? You've got women out there with fur coats that are on food stamps, uh, taking our money. Uh, you know, we have to pay for all their they all services. Have iPhones. They yeah. all have iPhones. Exactly. They all have yeah. iPhones. They they have the Internet. Uh, their their kids go to school. What is that? What is that nonsense? You know, it's like it's like they, they should be working in the what, I mean, I, honestly, I do believe that there are people in our government that would love to bring back the uh, the workhouses, you know, from the uh, 19th century, like the Victorian kind of thing where. Is the, that, isn't that a Christmas carol? Those, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's basically yeah. No Tiny Tim in the corner. Uh, you know, with uh, we could throw them a turkey decrease, every now and then. Decrease the surplus population. <laughs> what was that from? That's a that's good from one. a Christmas Carol. That's, yeah, oh, uh, he says that. Is it Scrooge? I want Scrooge say says that, but I don't think that's in the book. I think that's in the the movie. In the in the it movie. must be in the movie. Fair enough. I never read the book. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So that grinds my gears, man. I mean, that that's just like I just think it's 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 annoying and it's ridiculous. And the fact that I have to talk to people and they have to act in. Like they have to be professional and we all can see, I mean, it's like, this is, this is absurd. Uh, what's worse off is most people don't even realize when I explain the situation, they're like, she has dementia. I'm like, well, I don't know why we can't keep that record. Like, <laughs> like, why do you not know that? Why do you never know that? I mean, well, then that maybe even to that point is, um, yeah, has her ailment gotten? Has a diagnosis changed or the prognosis changed? They ask oh, that all the hasn't. time. People ask that all the time. Yeah, I mean, you and I have gotten into that, whether it's tax records or even with my wife in medicine. Like, what's the point of filling out paperwork if you guys aren't going to use it? Yeah. Um, how many times do I have to say the same thing over and over in different forms that go to the government? Mm-hmm. Um, it just, yeah, I, I it kind of blows my mind. I'm not actually sure. I'd rather listen, increase taxes one year to pay for it if needed uh and then decrease them like get <laughs> upfront costs like do the infrastructure whatever you need like digitize everything so that we don't ever have to do this stuff again it's it's insane how much administrative work is put on the patient or the citizen or whatever I mean, it look, might you be. have people in government who fight against that i mean yeah you we know that, that printed makes... copies at your municipality for things it's crazy no everyone's like oh well if you make the government have a, a global like a national database like you know they're going to track your every move i mean you can't have the government having a national health records database i mean that's unconstitutional no you just have to fill out a form to fulfill that destiny manually like, yeah but they're they like but it's decentralized you. man it's decentralized it's just at so one hospital <laughs> But who cares? I don't know. I don't see the. No, I mean, it, 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 yeah, it, it's it, that's not where we get Orwellian. OK, there's plenty of other things going on in this country that you could you could throw out the Orwellian card. Uh, I'd, I'd rather just have convenience of being able to get my medical records any place I go. If I happen to be in Utah and I get hit by a car, it would be lovely if somebody if the hospital could pull me up so that they know something about me. And can do a treatment more accurately, as opposed to treating you as some like not, no name, no, no you know, no one knows who this person does, is, some, jo- some John Doe. 
it wouldn't it be great if they could call your family members because they they can I get your identification, you're in the database, and all this information is there so that they can help you better? No. How no does your dog? That. How does your get? How does your dog get better medical treatment than a human? You know, like to know exactly what you are, who you are, what you have. <laughs> like, how does that happen? How do we afford that kind of rapid assistance to our pets? And not us. Not saying yeah. we should all be chipped, but it's hyperbolic. Um, in a similar fashion to what you're ranting about, I went through something similar with my grandfather. And um, there's two things that I'll say loosely related to, the, I think, the points you're making. One is that we had to reapply every week for a life-saving shot that he needed to get. Um, but you needed to go into the office. And it was, you know, it, it, you had to go. You had to take him. And then towards mm -hmm. on the end, when he wasn't able to do that, it's like... <laughs> What do you do? And it was on the family to even take him. It's not like someone was picking him up. And so it's like this ridiculous thing. We had to reapply every week, but like take him in and get blood work and all this stuff when no, nothing is changing. Like nothing is changing. It was the most maddening thing to have to go through. Um, that's the same thing. I mean, I don't know who's, thing, who's picking up those cuts. That's probably a Medicare cost was picking that up. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why? Well, exactly. The, the people complaining about the cost of Medicare is like, look at things like this. And it's not don't it's not take money away from the government and make everyone pay out of pocket in order to make this a better system. It's like, no, that the, the system is probably going to be just as bad, even if you were paying out of pocket, because this is just the bureaucracy that's in place. Let government make it more efficient because you could do government has way more power than any individual company or one individual hospital. Anyway, go on. I, no, I get the nature of laws and how they're like blankets and they uh, account for, you know, I'll even I'll be nice and say the majority of cases uh, and it could be a slim majority, but that means a lot of people get screwed. I wish we could work in like, you know, a common sense clause <laughs> where we could just appeal and yeah. say, dude, this is the situation. Can you can you help me out? I don't know. A little humanity into our cold written laws sometimes. Um, but the other bit was uh, he was receiving care that was covered by and I you know, forgive me, I don't remember if it was Medicare or Medicaid. I'll say Medicare. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, he was receiving care, but then he was put on hospice. Yeah. And nothing was covered then because when you're on hospice, they will not cover anything that will prolong your life. And these shots are like 4,000 a pop without, without. I mean, coverage. I think it depends on the type of hospice because I mean, you could be in hospice just to at, at home hospice and okay. you can be on hospice for years. You can be on hospice for years. You can, um, but they won't, but they wouldn't cover it. No, I mean, we, we, we tried and it, they just wouldn't do it. So it was kind of crazy. And maybe some things are covered and some things aren't, but this thing in particular, I think, yeah, I think it's a particular because when my mother was on hospice, she, everything was covered. We didn't, she didn't pay anything. I mean, she had Medicare, but, uh, but so I think it's, it, yeah, it might be something particular in terms of the hospice here. Yeah. 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 But even so, so it doesn't matter you, as a as a person is dying. This is not things that the loved one should be worrying about. You shouldn't be worrying about having to cover the cost of medication as opposed to spending time, spending the little time you have left, because if you are admitted to hospice, it isn't there. You don't come home from hospice. All right. It's a, it's not a euthanizing center, but that's like hospice is it. There's nothing. You're not coming back from that. So it's like you'd rather have your loved ones spend time, the little bit of time you have left just enjoying that time as opposed to siphoning through bills and worrying about how you're going to cover the, the care of the person that happens to be, yeah. to but, be in the system. That's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, it's it, the whole divert thing. My taxes, divert some of my taxes into the decency fund. And um, maybe, maybe we can do that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that, that, that got me, that got me. No, that's right? rightfully so. That's it's maddening. Cause 
Because it's emotional, right? It's emotional. You, you, this is very human. There's nothing that cuts deeper than health. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's and it's bad enough to deal with the ailment and its symptoms and whatever that causes you personally, but then to have to deal with the added layer of stress from administrative arguing, debating. And that's the crazy thing is a lot of time you can argue your way to the result that you want. And you're like, why is this so hard? Why, why is it all open to interpretation? Why? And then I mean, sometimes I, it's just a number of hoops you have to jump through and you're like, why the hell do I have to even do that? That's crazy. And, and you have, and your wife is in the medical system. So, I mean, that the thing is you're, you're jumping through hoops and you have someone on the inside and it's still difficult and it's still hard. So it's like, imagine someone who is not acquainted whatsoever with the system, how difficult. And then imagine you're be. alone. Imagine you're alone and you got I, no one. It's, yeah. it's tragic. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing we always say is good thing. He's got family because what, yeah. what are you supposed to do? Yeah. Welcome to attraction, the podcast where we complain about Medicaid. <laughs> you're 65 and older. <laughs> uh, we are sponsored by AARP. <laughs> so, I wish oh, that's some good money. AARP is good money. So, all right. So, my so uh, that was like eighteen shows. Going back to last episode, I before you jump into anything else, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep the ball rolling. So Light we, stuff. we so have you to do, go back. Whatever you want. You well, we we, want. we gotta go back to Ukraine because Ukraine is still in the news. This war is going on longer than I think. I mean, the reports say longer than Russia was thinking is possible. Uh, and I'll give. I mean, it, 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 there's a lot of money going into this war, so you, you Ukraine's gonna be able to put up a bit of a fight. I was interested because i the last episode you i made a remark about putin was referring to the warsaw pact and that uh one of the generals uh from our side said that basically we would not expand nato uh as sort of like a compromise in terms of creating that creating it uh you were saying that's non-binding because russia uh, that was sworn to the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union fell apart, uh, and this is Russia today. So this was never bound to that country, uh, to to the country of Russia. I thought this, I that 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 sat with me. I had to sit with it for a bit because it's interesting to say that on one end, but NATO was formed specifically in response to the threat of the former Soviet Union. And so when the former Soviet Union broke apart, you could technically say, so should NATO have because Russia is, is there. Is that in their like doctrine? Where it's not in the doctrine. Well, oh, yeah. Well, Union exists? no, I mean, no one said I'm saying that that's um, that was the well, original. I mean, impetus. so what? Well, and, no, and Amazon, well and, and, and Amazon so started what? to sell books. Like, who cares? Yeah. Corporate. Yeah. Well, uh, that's causing its own set of problems. Funny you would put that out there. But. Yeah, but like, I, I, look, look. So let me, me? Gonna continue. So well, they changed their vision. So what? yeah, they, well, they did change their vision, right? And then you're saying that, but it's to the boogeyman vision, which is what you were critiquing as well. You were saying Russia is no, is is just a boogeyman. Yeah, but I'm not gonna right, so then dissolve the alliance and start a new one. I mean, I don't care. What, what does it matter? I don't oh, even well, think we well, need an alliance. Right, well, I, think look, the global, I think the global community, regardless of NATO, should be coming together. This is insane. Over Ukraine, absolutely. I mean, I think that it, but it, it lends credence to all the historians to this point that have been sounding the alarm that the increase of NATO's expansion would lead us to an eventual war. Now, I'm not this does not excuse what Putin has done. This does not excuse Russia's invasion of Ukraine. That should never have occurred. But it is interesting 
because I was not, I think Vox did a really good, I'm going to look, I'm going to actually just say what the name of Vox's video, because they did a really good video as to, it's like Putin's war on Ukraine explained. Around three minutes and 40 seconds or so, or like three minutes, 3.30, they do a really nice graphic where they basically show from 1999 to today how NATO absorbs all the former Soviet bloc countries. Oh, I get it. The whole yeah. encroachment, like if he was yeah. doing that to us with Cuba and Canada. And well, that's that's sort I of get it. Well, I all right. Well, I mean, that right. So I just wanted to put that out there as well, because oh, I don't I think that it. we talked about that in terms of last episode. And just that starkness right there. You're but just to like, your point oh, my before, goodness. Or maybe that's maybe that crazy. was our text. But maybe that was our text messages or something like mm -hmm. Russia could join NATO. Um, it could be a world thing. I, well, and, that was right. And so then that, my question was, can NATO go to war with itself if a member violates? But then we break off into best friends. Yeah. And it's all Lord of the Flies. <laughs> well, yeah, and then we're back to where we started. Oh, I thought you were going to say Lord of the Rings. Right. Then, you, then you're breaking off into little, little fellowships. Or yellow Jackets for the, for yeah, the new or yellow, Yeah, sure. Sure. Yellow Jackets. Um, um, at least that's what we think. The, what, I think. Well, all right. So that, that was an interesting thought experiment. So in the text messages, we had a thought experiment where I was saying that there should be a global pact. Every nation should be ally, allied automatically with one another. Every sovereign nation should have an alliance with every other sovereign nation. And that would actually create true peace. Now, I was saying cynically, the great powers probably don't want that because it means that uh, unless you could really prove actual provocation against your like against your uh, your your sovereignty, it's going to make it very difficult to do a lot of the proxy wars that have come about uh, since the end of the Second World War. Like you couldn't, we never would have been able to really do Korea. You couldn't do anything. Like you couldn't do Vietnam or what have you because they then they would be able to automatically ally with anybody else who's not in your who do, who you can't get into your coalition, which would include. You know, it could include India, it could be Australia, it could be anybody basically would make you up for grabs. You would that you would be the aggressor and therefore you could be you could start a war on your own soil from Canada, for instance, could invade the United States. If the United States invaded Vietnam, then Canada would have all rights to invade the United States. And so could Mexico uh, because the United States ends up being an aggressor. And that's what would happen in a global pact. So I don't. So a global pact probably would not be very conducive to the world power, uh, the world order as it currently stands. But it is something that would, should have been a, that, that ideally you'd want if you wanted a true peace. And you're right. Russia should that's the thing if we but wanted see, true but, peace but my, we could have invited russia into nato but that would never happen right no one wants that that's that you know issue, that's not what it's it's there for it's there as a massive deterrent against russian aggression but by a by 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 creating this massive this you this united front that is right on russia's borders it's like of, of course we're going to get into a into a conflict at some point the the prevailing ideology was that Ukraine should have been created, should have been made a neutral state and should never have been invited into into uh, NATO, but should have been given sort of Swiss status where it's like Ukraine is untouchable. It is neither owned by the NATO powers or the East. I mean, yeah, uh, that's fine thing. unless you're Ukrainian and then you're like, why do these other people get to say what we do? That's like messed up. What is that? Well, I mean, what you it's it's not like. Ukraine <laughs> didn't get into NATO. You're like Ukraine. You don't get to decide your fate. What are you stupid? Like, <laughs> but we, like, but if you, you reject a nation from NATO, is that the same thing? I no, mean, there are nations that wanted if, to join if NATO, NATO. Wants to apply or not apply? Join our sphere of influence or theirs? Like, shouldn't they decide democratically? Like, to, for us to say that you're, what's the you difference? know, the you're the neutral zone, you're no man's land, and that's where you'll stay. Good dog. Like, no way. I don't. I don't. 
buy into that. What's the difference? You're just you're just arguing semantics. We could have just they could have just said NATO, you can't join you. Um, the NATO alliance could have said Ukraine, you can't join. What's that? That makes you well, they, that already decides your fate it's based on criteria, though, isn't it? It's not based on like, like, you know, you're too close to Russia. It's based on like criteria that they have to meet. And it could take 20 years. But that's not like, you know. I, I, I'm not following it. I, I, I'm not following it. And the issue I even have with this is that in that scenario of a global alliance, I'm not sure it's providing any more of a deterrent than what NATO can provide. And I'm not, unless half the world sticks with Russia and then, and then it's half the world, you know, NATO versus the rest of the world, which I don't think it is at all. Um, I, I just don't, I just don't think, you know, NATO versus Russia, I just, or, or, or the whole world versus Russia, I, I don't see the difference, to be honest, like militarily speaking or, or, or sanctions. I mean, I don't know. This, I mean, it's, it I mean, it, it, it's because every, geez, all the, the other countries world. were so, were, yeah, <laughs> I mean, were what are so you trying global, to say? I mean, you're so you're like, NATO rules no, the world. I don't, I don't no, see the difference. No, but I'm saying, it's no, the I'm only military saying. in the world. <laughs> it's not no, the but, only military in the world. No, but, yeah. but it's, it's, it's sure as heck considerable, but then everyone else is a trade partner. And if they don't want to rock the boat, then they're not going to join the fray because this doesn't geographically concern them. Um, so why? I just don't, you know, in this particular situation, I don't see the benefit of that global alliance versus what NATO can bring to the table. I could be wrong. I'm, you know, hmm. I'm medi- I'm average. I'm Joe from Idiocracy for sure. I mean, but, look, uh, it would bring in it would bring in Japan, for instance, would be. You know, they would have to go in. I'm just saying it's like you're you're Japan's actually already joined us in what in some of what we're doing, but no, in terms of the sanctions, right? Well, well, because they're scared of what China with precedent is sets for China. That's why to be to be fair, what is going on right now is far outside of NATO because it's not just NATO that it basically in terms of the sanctions that are going on in Russia, it's almost like it is a global offensive. Yeah, but uh, the sanctions I'm, the I'm still, around them. Well, I'm very impressed with the sanctions. I honestly, in terms of the spirit and holistic nature of what can be done without going after the gas and oil, I'm I'm actually impressed. Like it's more, it's a bigger rally than I ever thought would happen. But I'm not sure it's a, it's a deterrent. Um, and I still am on the side. It may be a slim majority, but I'm on the fence on the side of the fence where military action is what's going to be a deterrent uh, to call his bluff. But um, and, and in that case, and that's the scenario I have in my head, I think NATO brings plenty to the table. Sure. Maybe you can add a few more percentage points if you add the world. But um, I think NATO is more than enough to to call Russia's bluff if indeed they're blush, bluffing. If they're not bluffing, the world wouldn't matter anyway. Um, but if they are, I think NATO is bringing more than enough to the table. But I, I, I don't I mean, I see what you're saying. With Ukraine, it'd be nice if Ukraine and Norway and what is it? Um, Belarus. And we're all like, yeah, Belarus. I agree to be neutral and yeah. to never reap the benefits of NATO. Sure. Um, and always it's be not this, a trade <laughs> alliance. That's the other thing. It's like it, it became like, no, yeah, but like that's all. Like leverage, but that's all. But that's all leverage and stuff. That'll be always used between the two powers. There's, there'll be a pawn. Uh, why would anyone want to be that? That's weird. You're like, it's like reporting into two different people at your job. Nobody wants that. Yeah, you're right. You should just report it. Who's going to who are you going to prioritize? Who are you going to prioritize? You know, whoever has the money. Neither. I mean, I, I mean, know. you would assume that you can maintain autonomy. In fact, you assume that you have a great you have greater leverage because you sit in between the two powers. Yeah. If you're like Switzerland and you're everyone's bank, maybe, and you hold all their secrets. But yeah, like Ukraine's got a lot of, you know, they have the the, the access of of uh, of the uh, of the oil, of oil. So anyway, I'm sort of I, I see what you're saying. 
I'm not bought in. I'm not saying I, I no. get it. I get it. I mean, look, it's it's this is theoretical. At the at the moment, there's a massive war going on, and uh, and uh, and and we're sending lots of firearms and money. You know, but, I mean, the military industrial complex is you know they're getting pretty fat and rich right now, and uh, you know that that's yeah, an interesting point. Is like who who's making out right now, keeping keeping the conflict going. Well, that that's the question that you had. You were like, what is the point? Does do or is the point for them to win? Or is the point for them to bleed out Russia? Because you said that more because of the fact that I think right now $10 billion is being floated uh, to help Ukraine with the war effort uh, out of taxpayer coffers. And uh, and you were like, you know, is it possible for them to actually win? I mean, I think that's the that's the question of the day. You know, what what is the end goal here? If you're going to send $10 billion worth of armaments to a nation i i would assume that we think they they are going to win we think that that i mean that that would sound like a bet that they're going to win this war if you spend that kind of money and they lose we're fronting them for them to fight their own battle which they'll never win outright it'll be an insurgency that they'll win over time I, i don't believe that they'll force russia out with 10 billion worth of stinger missiles or whatever we would wind up sending them um, so I don't. Yeah, that's my that's my ultimate question is, do we want Ukraine to retain its sovereignty or do we want to lead Russia? And um, I think that's I think I feel like we're leaning towards bleed Russia, because if we wanted Ukraine to retain its sovereignty, we would do more militarily as a coalition. And I honest and then it goes back to what I said before. It's more of calling his bluff because I don't think he wants that war. For the same reason why people are saying, you know, around the nuclear facilities that he's taking, you know, he's holding them with the threat of I'll I'll spill out, the, I'll, I'll open up the reactors or sabotage the cooling systems to flood Europe with radioactive material. But that would go into Russia, too. And yes, want that, obviously. No. Yeah. And that, then put to insane. that same point, because it would damage Russia. Why would he want World War Three? Because it would damage Russia. And, you know, I just feel like it's a bluff. Am I not informed? Probably, but I need someone to give me, I need someone to give me something to go off of. That's the thing is like, I'm a sponge. Give me something. Tell me why that's ludicrous and I will adopt a new outlook. But right now, from what I'm seeing, which is as much as I can read and view at a time, I just don't feel like he would want that. I feel like he's just taking advantage of, um, taking advantage of what everyone's being conditioned to think about him and what he's carefully crafted. He's operated in this space of threats for so long, rarely has he acted. And when he does, it's just enough to, to leverage the fear without crossing a line. He's taken Crimea and blah, 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 and helped Syria and whatever it may be. I don't know. I feel like he's, op- he's always operated in this safer space. This is now maybe a bridge too far. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. No one knows, I guess. Yeah, no one knows. I mean, you're you're still but you're already controversial in that you're you're operating in the narrative that he is still very much sane and incredibly calculating versus the narrative that he is off the he's he's basically lost his marbles. It is in some sort of mental decline and, and is carrying his country into. Uh, yeah, but so is certain. I mean, not I know you hate Nazi references, but so is Hitler. But he did a lot of damage before the end. I'm not sure that we want to bank on him just making mistakes, bad calculus to 
to bring him to an end. He did a lot of damage before that happened. So I don't um and that would be if he didn't stop at Ukraine. I mean, I think that I I actually which, which Hitler didn't stop at the Sudetenland. So, like, right, right. you know, you don't know. I, I think, I mean, here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm quiet to it because I think you bring up a very good point. And I, and it's not something that I'm definitely seeing actively parodied, uh, parroted, uh, in mainstream media at the moment, uh, which is this, this sort of question as to what is it that we actually want to, to occur here. Uh, I cannot, that's the thing is, I cannot answer that question to say, that there is that he will that he will you know start the bell ring the bell for world war three start nuking germany uh and everything just goes to crap and you know everything goes to hell in a handbasket i'm i'm of the mind that it probably ends in ukraine that they they the fight if we were to step in and defend ukraine uh i actually do believe that we might be i didn't believe it before but as this is starting to play out and how and basically all the shelling and the how 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 much time they're spending in Ukraine at this point. I'm like, if we were maybe to institute a no fly zone, maybe. Yeah, maybe they would just back off and say, you know what? Uh, bad on us. Do you want to you know, know everyone's in our in our in our face? I, I don't want everyone in my face like this. I really thought we could bully. This is just one bully too far. But, that, but, again, but that's he, if he's rational. That's if he's rational. If he's but do you irrational, want to know why I think he is rational. Do you want to know why I think he's rational? Okay, go because on. he has started small because he doesn't want to inherit a country of ruin. So he started small and he's ratcheting it up to see how, what to what degree he has to go to take the country. But if he had larger plans, a stepping stone, maybe, and maybe this kind of contradicts what I was even saying earlier about what his grand plans are. But if Ukraine was just a stepping stone, then he would decimate it to move on to the next thing. But he, you know, part of me thinks that like, this is maybe what he wants, you know, like, like thinking this through with you, maybe this is what he wants and he doesn't want to ruin Ukraine. He wants to do just as much as he has to, to take it. Um, and then he would be satisfied, but still like, that's no, that's no, that's no reason to sacrifice the lamb mm. uh, because he's not destroying it right off the bat to move into the next country. Or maybe that's not even fair. Maybe, you know, he doesn't want to decimate everything, but he wants it all and he's going to do just enough to take it all. So I guess, you know, there's a I lot think of you're ways. raising a good point. And that, that is something to take note of is the is the ratcheting up. He didn't just go full on blitzkrieg. It, it wasn't just just decimate the country, bring it to its knees and then envelop it and say, well, what's next? Belarus? Where, where should we go? Poland? You're you're absolutely right. It's 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 tepid, which which speaks to what you were talking about of his behavior to this point it is all very small, very conservative. This may seem provocative. And that's the other thing. It was provocative to me initially until I like sort of re upped history in terms of like, what's going on out there. What, you know, what, what has been the rhetoric and the saber rattling, which apparently has been going on since like 2015 uh, in, in terms of this intensity. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, look, it's it's a watch this space scenario. I mean, it's a watch this space situation. Uh, we're not, we're just not going to know how how it ends up. Yeah, I mean, we've thrown out like several different outcomes. Several, yeah, exactly. Ways that it and, be, and, and, and everyone's knows. talking about it. And everyone's talking about it. So anyone who's listening is getting bombarded with this from from all angles. Uh, I, I do I do think there is definitely credence to your point that if we truly did want them to win we probably would step in soon. And that's what's interesting. I wonder how long we will watch and send money 
uh, how long will we let the war go on? I mean, if the war is going on six months down the road, will we really all, I mean, will could, could a president really step in front of Congress and step in front of the people, American people and say, we're going to send 15 more billion dollars to keep this well, going. You At some point, people point, will be like, you know, you, either crap or get off the pot. Right? I want to yield a point to what you just said, actually, because I, you know, I, I'm a person. I'm, I'm fallible, obviously. And I was like, why are we doing more? And then, you know, what is it? What would we like nine days in or something? Yeah. So right? like, like two weeks or so. Yeah. Something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't you know. By the time this pod gets released, so, you know, we'll be a few more days in. Few but more. um, but, you know, we're like nine days in, let's say. I'll throw that out there. Um, and I'm like, wait, well, you know, how much time is acceptable to wait until you engage and ramp up? And like, well, you know, should you should it be 24 hours or should it be a month? Or is, you know, this around the time where we should start weighing options? Like, I actually, you know, caught myself where I'm like, am I being unreasonable with what I expect? Because there are the, the UN's doing stuff and the world is doing stuff and they're working through it. And and these are big blobs. These are big machines and bureaucracies to our earlier points about even you know, the first topic that we covered today. And, you know, what's a reasonable ramp up to make a decision that is consequential? Um, but then I'm thinking, well, how long do wars last between a superpower and someone less capable? And Usually so I'm like, a few caught days. between, yeah, Usually that's what I mean. Days. And so then I think of that stuff, like the, the uh, shock and awe and all that stuff. Right. Yeah, and I'm like, usually oh, a couple wow, of it only might be a few days, but then there's an insurgency and then there's still hope and blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I was kind of caught up in that and I never really came to a conclusion. Cause I'm like, you know, and maybe there is no answer, but like, what is a reasonable timeline to make a decision for military action in this type of situation? I will give credit to Biden and every sort of all the why Biden, just the, basically the, the coalition of NATO, uh, because like you said, in terms of the sanctions, the sanctions have gone way beyond anything, even as cynical as I was, that that we thought they would go. Now, you're right. They're not going after the gas, but they. I just read a report. They're going after the oligarchs. They, they're rounding up the yachts around the world and seizing them. Oligarchs are like basically... Although I don't know, I don't know what that's doing to their net worth, but I hear you and I follow you. Well, it's, it's not about the net worth because people feel that oligarch pressure is, you know, it's, it's with their agreeability that Putin stays in power. If you start to chip away at the people closest to power, then they're feeling, you know, I guess, you know, everyone's looking for that Brutus moment, you know, the knives at the table kind of thing going on there. That's that's I think that's where the pressure is coming from. But I'm just saying that a lot of play, I mean, the oligarchs fund a lot of vacation and tourism, you know, sort of around the world. So that's a well, lot of I- money that countries are kind of eating by going after them, which is why I didn't think cynically that they would ever touch them. Oh. I want to go. I, I don't. I do not want to go off on a tangent on this, but I was wondering if you had an opinion because oligarchs, right? That's mm-hmm. used a lot, usually for mm-hmm. adversaries, and it's a billionaire or a rich, wealthy person with political influence is what yeah. it was when I googled it. Mm-hmm. Um, do like does NATO have oligarchs? Do we have oligarchs? Like, is that a thing, or is that you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Jeff Bezos are oligarch. Is it like, okay, because it's like we only ever use that word in a negative connotation. And I don't even know if it's a negative no, thing. It's just, it's just like a categorization of somebody. You're wealthy and you have political influence. You're an oligarch. It's good if you use your power for good. And it's bad if you use your power for bad. And I was just kind of curious if you had a take on that. I mean, I, I think 
it, it comes out of the propaganda machine. We we say we don't have them because we're a, dem- a democracy where our officials are elected by the people and our, corp- our and we have capitalism where our corporations are independent of government and it's a free market and they're just out there doing their thing. They're and they're lobbying, doing their thing. They're exactly. And, and so it's like it, instead of Jeff Bezos going and, and setting and up sitting, and, exactly and instead of Bezos super, super packs <laughs> instead of Bezos going into Congress and sitting down in a meeting that has something to do with him and giving the eye to anyone who disagrees, he's sending other people <laughs> to go and do the same thing through many hands, and it's like many hands make light work in America, whereas in Russia you got to kind of go do it yourself. You got. <laughs> It's just one guy. He's got to sit at the table. You really talk to the one guy in charge. Uh, I think it's because it's so personal. That's what we detest. I think that's why it's kind of dirty because everyone does it in person. Like they're very hands on. Uh, they get their hands dirty. And we're sort of like, we'd rather sit in. Uncouth. We'd rather take our, you know, our, our little spaceships to space and kind of just let pe- you know, let the, the peons do that work for us. Uh, while we sit on our 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 uh, our piles of money like a plow and dragon, so I so I think that's what it is. I think that's the difference uh, between what goes on over there and then kind of what goes on over here. So that's my take on it. No, that's fine, and I don't want to go off on a. And they don't kill people. Don't, I certainly I think that. <laughs> they, I think they don't send, and and what we as far as we know, I don't think Gates jobs are uh, are off murdering people like, yeah they don't murder their competition or, that's what i mean or, is that uh, they use their influence for positive versus <laughs> negative and all that but but i i do not want to detract and and try and lump ourselves in with what we're actually yeah, doing no, it was just a, it's, so it's a term that has been coming up a lot recently of course but then yeah. i've heard it in the past and for whatever reason just recently i googled it and i'm just like you know i kind of know what an oligarch is you know it's a person of influence but then when i looked at the definition i'm like oh that's that's a pretty simple definition, a rich person with, with political influence. And then it kind of just got me thinking and I'm like, wow, you know, to your point, is it just more of a propaganda term, but you know, it it is a propaganda term because we, we use it. No, I mean, look, when, when, when you discuss corporate interest in terms of America, you, people will freely use the word oligarchy. We will say that America is not like a capitalist democracy. It is run by a series of oligarchs who are more decentralized, but have just as much power as, as a collective versus individual people that are necessarily given that title. So, I mean, it's it's just different, but it is used over here as well. It's just, we use it pejoratively when we talk about Russia and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and, and it's ilk because, you know, that's just the propaganda left over from the cold war. So that's fair. Um, all right. I didn't want to go off on a tangent because I do I do not want to conflate the two things. It was more of a curiosity. So mm-hmm. listeners, you know, uh, I know how it is to association and how that works in the human mind. Do not associate what we were just saying with anything that's happening in Russia. But it was more of the the generic usage of the term and, and what it actually meant. Um, I don't know. Do you, I mean, I, I, I do. Obviously, you brought up two pretty heavy topics. I don't have anything like that. I got I we have a, I got lighter stuff now too. What do you got? You want we could go? I think we should go light. I think we should let the listeners relax a little bit because that's two episodes dedicated to Ukraine. Well, listeners, we are not going to go back to Ukraine until there is definitive movement, one way or another, uh, in terms of developments in that region, because uh, it's just speculation at this point, and I think we are all speculated out. All right, that's, I don't- that's my that's my lukewarm promise. 
So I have a, a better late than never story, but stop me along the way because like most of our topics, this is more about the, the journey than the destination. Um, oh wait. Retraction. How's that? I was gonna say, how's that for a tagline? <laughs> Retraction, come for the topic, stay for the tangent. Or wait, 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 wait. wait. I thought you were going to say journey. Come for the topic. No, no. Well, I was trying to say with the tease, the tease, the tease. Oh, you were going to tease. I don't think tees are great with alliteration. All right, all right. Retraction. We digress in search of progress. Mm, too we amorphous. digress. We, we digress to progress. Mm. I like it. I don't know what your problem is. I like that. That's more of on the hot wings thing. I like I that. Know. The DNP. DNP. I don't know. Don't say that. <laughs> Say this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Go on. What's your story? All right. Here's the story, but I want you to think on that. I actually like that, but obviously it takes two to tango. So you you think about that. But th- see how it's short. You see how it's short. I like the I like the play on the on the on the journey kind of thing, and I like the tease too. So it's like retraction. You know, time right. to take out the story. <laughs> time to tell the tale. How to tell the tale. That's exactly the TTT's retraction. Time to tell the tale. <laughs> okay. <laughs> retraction coming at you. Time to tell the tale. Tell of the tape. Tell. You can't use that. You can't use that. <laughs> I like to bring things for full circle. All right. That's anyway, uh, if the Michael, Michael Buffer reference for those of you mm-hmm. just the, tuning in, those of you who use the timestamps. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's the topic. Spain will pardon 1,000 people, mostly women, accused of witchcraft 400 years ago. Yay! Catholicism, Catholicism progresses. Woo! We got it! We digress in search of progress. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I'm sure those women's families... How many years ago? 400 years ago? 400 years ago. Okay, right? I mean, sure. Listen. The relatives of the God, those of you in Spain, still around. those of you of Spanish descent, sign up for Ancestry.com. Find out if you're out. An- brought out brought to you by Ancestry.com. <laughs> there you go. And AARP, if you're retired and you've got time on your hands, sign up for Ancestry.com. Um, but for those of you that may not be of Spanish origin, they're not alone. Scotland, Switzerland, and Norway did it first. For example, Scotland moved to pardon 4,000 people earlier this year. In 2011, nice. Norway pardoned about 100 executed women. And in 2008, Switzerland pardoned one executed woman on the grounds this, that she was subjected to, an, and I quote, an illegal trial. Oh. Very nice of them, right? Very nice. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. And very nice of them to quote that as if we didn't know. Um, Due to recently <laughs> uncovered forensic evidence, DNA Which was we- <laughs> used to vindicate this woman of witchcraft. <laughs> We've recently uncovered some some documents <laughs> that 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 uh, propose that this trial may have been conducted illegally. It turns out she was not a witch. I thought you were going to say she was not a newt. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to go there. I should have done that. Oh, you're right. That would have been classic. We got better. That's right. Um, I missed an opportunity. Uh, 
so for some historical context, I mean, Antoine and I know, uh, at least we're history enthusiasts, but for some historical context, between 1580 and 1630, about 50,000 people were executed for witchcraft across Europe. 80% of them were women. Um, now I want to bring it back. To be fair to Spain, you know, I don't mean to knock on Spain, but to be fair to Spain, during medieval, this medieval period, Spain was mostly focused on the Inquisition, and it had its hands full, rooting out heresy within populations who were forcibly converted to Christianity. Apparently, they were skeptical of all this talk of witchcraft. Catalonia, which is a community within Spain, however, was the exception. They were the ones making these pardons. So these pardons come from specifically them. Now, when I'm reading this, and I've seen a few things and read a few things um, along the way uh, that have always kind of, you know, I'll try and compartmentalize the cruelty of this period. If you can, if you can understand that after you read about things enough, you, you kind of become not numb to it, but you're able to say, you know, you're able to move past the shock of it and say like, uh, from more of an academic um, angle, you know, I want to learn more about this. So I find it kind of fascinating, if not terrifying, to learn about the legal system of this period. Um, perhaps 400 years in the future, uh, future peoples will think the same of us. But quoting the article. They will. <laughs> they will. Fair point, right? Um, and so I would not want to begrudge them the opportunity to dive into it without ridicule. But quoting the article, um, which hunts were more more common in Catalonia because rural areas came under the absolute power of feudal lords and confession alone was sufficient proof of guilt. Paradoxically, in cases where the Inquisition was called in, the accused were often set free for lack of evidence. Witches were frequently blamed for the sudden death of children and for natural catastrophes and poor harvests. Suspects were often practitioners of traditional medicine or women of independent means who were regarded with suspicion, unquote. So that's kind of, you know, a little bit more context for, for everybody. Now to add another proverb, if, um, if better late than never isn't a proverb, here's an example of what goes around comes around. Some Catalan, I think that's maybe how you say it, villages Catalan. hire their own Catalan. It's just another A, maybe I mistyped it, but it's like three A's. So that's why I said Catalan, hmm. but maybe Catalan, right? That's yeah. yeah Catalan. That's, that's how, yeah. There you go. Um, I'm a public, uh, I'm a, I'm a product of uh, American public education, everybody. So I'm just trying go. to make it up to your Spanish coworkers. Cause that's no, that I real. thought Spain's language lisp came from <laughs> oh, a king. Lisp, yeah. And I did mention that. And she looked at me like I had 10 heads. So yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not a thing. Um, she needs to study up on history. <laughs> I didn't do that. I'm not taking ownership over that. <laughs> but some Catalan villages hired their own witch finders, witchers, if you will, Antoine. Oh, witchers. This. So witcher. <laughs> <laughs> and there was one called John the Witch Hunter whose accusations led to the hanging of 33 women. And, and, and some extra reading was actually a lot of, uh, um, of these people were, were hung rather than burned, which was, which was curious uh, to know. Because um, that's and expensive. Mainly, that's why. I know. It, <laughs> Creating no, that's a, a pyre literally, is 
freaking expensive. No, that's literally what it was. Uh, and then there was like, it's more expensive. But then there was a whole thing of why that didn't come into play in some of these rural areas. And it was a whole thing. I, and we'll post the art. I'll post the articles. We'll post the articles to promote this episode. And you can do your extra reading. But they do. They do touch on that in in an article or two. So I would I would dive into it if that interests you, which it interests me. Um, but uh, John the Witcher, I'm sorry, John the Witcher, John the Witch Hunter. <laughs> sorry, Henry Cavill. Maybe I'll tag you in this. I don't um, eat with weasel-eyed freaks. <laughs> sorry, enough, enough. <laughs> so John the Witch Hunter, whose accusations led to the hanging of 33 women. When the Inquisition later discovered that most of the women were innocent, it had John burned at the stake. A little bit of justice there, right? Oh, little, okay. if, you, if you believe in eye for an eye. Um, now, there's actually a good example, and Antoine may laugh about this based on a text exchange we had, but there's actually a good example of medieval legal rationale in the movie The Last Duel, starring Ben Affleck and, <laughs> and Matt Damon. <laughs> the masterpiece, <laughs> if you will. That, will. that will frustrate the hell out of you. If you do watch it, because it's maddening when you see like we were teasing about the new thing, which is a um, Monty Python reference. But it's like when you see that stuff, because that's based on roughly a true story. So when you yeah. see these things deployed in real life, you're like, dude, what? But mm -hmm. um, if you can get past the cover art, which apparently Antoine cannot, I'd say give the movie a try. Antoine got hung up on the bleach dyed hair and uh, haircuts, I think. I did. And the, and the album cover kind of stare, thousand yard stare. That too. Distance. That too. Yeah. But it's immersion you, breaking. It takes you out of the fantasy. Yeah, I, I don't watch Batman in medieval, medieval European epics. Now, what was what were the accents that they even used? What what like what what accent did they talk in? I got to be honest, I don't know if they did. Great. I don't even know if better. they. But you know what? You know what? I'm going to back that up because every time there's a villain, they always have a British accent, which has like no bearing on the there's story because no. it's because so, it's That's so true. cookie cutter at this point. That's so true. I'm going to go in there and even hearkening back to our la or, uh, an episode or two ago, two episodes ago, about the whole Lord of the Rings thing. You know, yeah. I don't know if you necessarily need to have it as long as you're convincing in your performance. OK, I'm going I'm to stick up for them. Okay. Hit me up, Matt and Ben. Hit me yeah. up. Yeah. But ben, um, I'm sure that was a great performance. Hey, you give me my sod. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to I'm not feeding into that because I don't want to detract. But you can you can make another comment if you want. But um, what I wanted to actually ask hey, look at this guy is I give him my sword sword now, my lord swords. <laughs> it's not distracting. It's not distracting at all. In fact, it, it works really well. I'm Oscar performed. I'm sure. It, I'm sure it played really well. I'm sure it was. It, it was fantastic. I, you have that accent in real life. I, I'm sure. I'm sure it was really. I'm sure it was great. It was really good. I'm sure it was good. I think you're. Yeah, that's fine. I was gonna say he did that. In Look at this guy. What is he a jester? <laughs> you you let him fly when you got him, Antoine. You let him fly. Talking to the kid over here. <laughs> anyway. So, I made an earlier comment, which now I want to feed off. I made a comment and then you made a comment to it that I want to kind of feed off of now. When I said, um, will, will people in the future look differently upon us? So in terms of progress and given your, you know, dare, dare I say legal background or enthusiasm, at least mm -hmm. um, sure. in 400 in 400 years, any thoughts to what future people might look back on us and say, 
that's medieval? Or is there anything during the medieval period that you would commend them on for like, ah, that's actually pretty good given that you, given some of the other things that you did? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, they were very whimsical in terms of their torturing and their, uh, and their, and their punishments there. I mean, they, you know, I mean, I can't remember there's nothing redeeming top, about right? medieval period medieval legalities that you would say that there's nothing redeeming there. Well, they didn't create a, you know, massive prison, you know, industrial complex, you know, um, sort of uh, just having people sit in prison for for minor infractions. They, they, no, they, 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 well, they lock away like um, mentally ill people all the time, like at routine. Yeah, well, so did, so did we in like the 60s. I mean, that, that was the, fair. Uh, and then we had lobotomies and stuff. Yeah, too, we had so lobotomies. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. so we actually did that pretty recently. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that, fine. that was like 30 years ago. <laughs> 40, no, not 30 years. It was like 50 years, 60 years ago. Uh, I mean, no, I mean, there's not there's not much. I mean, what I'm trying to say is at least in medieval justice, they were more often likely to kill you because they didn't have a system. This, like if you're in a rural area, there's no system, there's no place to house you and no guards that can be paid to to feed you, uh, which is why execution was most likely the go to at the moment, because it was the cheapest option, uh, mm. whereas versus today where execution is one of the more people don't realize that it's an incredibly expensive option. Yeah, because they're kept on death row for so long. Uh, not to, yeah, the death row for so long. Plus the uh, the the pill, the not pills, but the injection that is uh, procured is actually very expensive as well, and, and and so is the whole procedure and everything that goes into it. Um, so do we have anything but lethal injection? Is there, is there any like firing, hanging, guillotine? I think I you could. I think now, you could choose it. I think you could choose firing squad in like Texas, I think, or some some states will still allow you to do that. Uh, no electric chair, right? That's not a thing anymore. Hopefully, I I'm not sure if that is or isn't. I'm sure it isn't is. That, isn't that crazy places. that we don't know? Isn't that like even the fact that it, we would even say like conceptually that's even possible? That's that's kind of terrifying. That that's not so absurd that we would rule it out. Of course, well, yeah, because it, when we grew up, that was it was du jour. It was the thing to do. You know, the, the, the electric chair was still in movies because it was so common, not common as if it was happening all the time, but the fact that it was a, it's like romanticized common. in a way. Um, the green mile, kind of the green mile kind of twisted, which, uh, what does the green mile take place in the eighties? I never saw no, it. Does the green mile take place in the sixties? I never saw it. Might actually take place. Funny enough. I never saw it. I know everyone is always pretty surprised about that, but I never yeah. saw it. Yeah. It's all right. Uh, I think I mean there's a lot we can't we can't give ourselves a pass. The what is it? The West Memphis Five or is the West West Memphis Three? They they were literally charged on satanic ritual. That that's big. so it's the racism that you think would be our no our just, medieval I'm, our I'm, medieval bias like that like she you know like I don't know if this was true. I'm I'm, I'm again referencing Monty Python, but. She floats in a river, so she's made of wood, and wood burns. She's a witch. Um, <laughs> she's a witch, yeah, yeah. yeah so, like, racism I, is our like ridiculous bias. But it's not just racism. I mean, the, the West. Yeah, but the West. I mean, it's funny you jumped to racism. The West Memphis Three. They're they're white. I mean, there was those are white guys. Oh, I'm um, sorry, I misheard you. Um, I was. I, I actually. You were thinking it. of the Central Park Five. Is that what you're got thinking it. of? You yeah, got the, it. which I is the same thing, desk, right? Uh, location and number, and that's where my head went. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, mean, I never how- heard of the me- I never heard of the other one you're talking about, actually. So I don't know what that is. There, it's a famous the case Memphis. of of guys. Uh, these are kids that were picked up. One of them had uh, I don't know how you say slow. I don't know what he had mental deficiency. 
uh, and uh, and sort of implicated the other two. Well, now I think we would say special needs. Special, special needs, needs. Thank you. Uh, he had special needs, and he was coerced to implicate the other two. The other two kids were just uh, sort of troublemakers around town, so they were like black sheep to the community. Uh, these kids are, ended up being murdered. Uh, I, I don't know where West Memphis is. I, I don't know which state. Uh, and basically, the way that they found the bodies, which we know today, because they had been dumped in a river, uh, unfortunately, uh, sorry, I mean, I, do we need a graphics, like a graphical disclaimer on? No, uh, no, 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 no. But anyway, it, I'm just so saying that the, was... the way they were found was basically it was indicated. It was always it, they they had been uh, sort of picked at by animals in the river. And it, it basically the prosecutors tried to say that these these rough these kids that were from the wrong side of town, kind of, so to speak, uh, were into Satanism and created the satanic ritual and basically murdered the kids as part of a sacrifice, uh, as opposed to what was more likely, which is like the the which I think is the not act. What do you call it? The uh, stepfather was basically the stepfather, like strangled the kids and, and threw them in a river. That's basically oh, the story. Yeah, it's a it's a. But the thing is, the reason it became famous is because well, where did the satanic ritual even come into play? Because they felt that the mutilation of the bodies was done in a, sat a Satan, like a, sat a Satanish type thing. I mean, is that but is that something to look back on and say, because that's that's not common. That sounds like bad investigative work there. there it's it's. It they're, they're, it's it's bad investigated yeah definitely i'm just saying it's it was a thing in the 90s the 90s was very big in, in satanism it was it was a big thing that was sort of in our cultural zeitgeist uh, a lot of I mean, a lot of christian coalition that uh evangelicals were coming out on against movies that were depicting witchcraft and things of that nature so it was it was, a, it was I, I, I know that but yeah. i mean the, the idea that if a body was mutilated you would just say well clearly that's satanic ritual yeah that's what collateral happened. damage. That's, yeah, that's what happened. I mean, my head again, because um, I, I didn't really think it through, but I linked your destination number combination to the Central Park Five. So right. apologies for that um, uh, mishap. But um, the and, and even recently, again, I saw a video. So I hate to even quote it because I don't know more context. But there was a video actually in a New Jersey mall where two a white and a, and yeah. a black kid were fighting and then and the, and then the cops kid, came and, and the, sat the white kid down but then they tackled the tackled black kid, the black kid. Him. Yeah. i mean it's like you know a face value you're like holy crap like could it get it's like it's like if someone manufactured a case study it's just crazy well we and know like this. that yeah. would be uh, but, but and i know that mm. it's probably common knowledge to 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 segments of the population but for people who don't or aren't exposed to it as much. Um, it is shocking to see it on video. And I think that's kind of the, one of the blessings of our technology today mm. that, that, that becomes more, the exposure yeah. becomes more common, but it, it's just like that, that is what I would kind of go to in terms of what 400 years in the future, they may look back on and be like, wow, the bias that they had that was fueled by, you know, right. By racial the color insensitivity, of, the color yeah. of someone's skin. Perhaps, crazy. perhaps, I or mean, no, do you not think like, what do you think? I mean, it's uh, it's a hard one because what was it? There was like 400 years of slavery, <laughs> couple, couple hundred years, like a hundred years of Jim Crow <laughs> goes into this. It's like, it's like, I mean, maybe but a mild step, but what, but to your point then, all right, you have, you have slavery and then it's mm -hmm. abolished, but clearly, you know, they found loopholes around it and everything mm -hmm. to, to keep it going. Yep. What would, what, what is 
or if it hasn't happened yet, what is, or what is, if it has happened, what isn't, I'm sorry, what is or what will be if it hasn't happened, um, be the milestone where we would start that 400 year countdown to say, okay, I can't believe they did that based on race. I hope that, I mean, I, I honestly, because of history, I mean, the, he, I, I'm even going back to just, just sort of the, the casual racism of the medieval period that, you know, you've, you've got Shakespeare writing about uh, a Jewish lender that is not the up and up in Shylock. And then sort of like that, you know, you've got the, I mean, maybe it's a little different. Maybe I'm moving a little out because of how long the combativeness has been through crusades in terms of like Christianity, Islam, and, uh, at, at the Jewish faith. So maybe that's, maybe that's a little part of that as well, but I'm just trying to say that if you, is it racism? Can I, can I, can mm-hmm. I clarify yeah. something here? And this is yeah. a little bit of, cause I know populations were mixed to a degree, but should we separate out racism in terms of mixed populations and diversity versus, you know, countries being more homogenous? I would say, it's yeah, it's it's different. Do you know what I mean? It's different. You know I, mean? I, I think that I, I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. Are you talking about like, like when... if you go back far enough and you're like, yeah, that's racism and not giving it a pass at all. But, you know, the countries were more homogenous and it wasn't it was like us versus them as a as a as a kingdom, as a fiefdom. I don't know. Is that I, not I thought, right though? Was like, it, are you referring? Are you referring then? to like how then? I'm treated when I like visit Germany versus how I'm treated when I'm in a place like Thailand? <laughs> you know, no, I was like, more thinking. Everything? I was more thinking like, um, medieval. Uh, I don't know what Britain was broken up into off the top of my head, but um, the different kingdoms Vikings? there, like the kingdoms, yeah, yeah, like like something like during the Viking era, like that mm. versus uh seeing someone from Asia where it's just like, it's just totally different. And that's, there is no, there is no one like that there. Does that make sense? Or am I like way off base? No, I think, I mean, I think it's a little different because when you're talking about, like when I bring up the, because if you're like humans have always been racist, I'm like, that's a fair point. That's kind of what I'm saying, you know, because I I think it's, I think it's as insidious as that Uh, it's, it's less of, Oh, this is a foreign person. It was very much more anti-Semitic in England in the 1600s, I think there's a, when is the globe, globe theory when the shaker operates either in the 16th or 15th century. It's, I think it's, this, I think it's the 1500s, but, uh, and then I'm saying how pervasive that is because you still have that kind of imagery when people, uh, when they use that, you know, that, 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 uh, it's like that racist speak of like globalists when they're trying to, you know, when they're trying to say the Jews run everything, kind of that kind yeah, of yeah. discussion. And it's like how pervasive that's been. That's basically been an ideology that has existed since the 16th century. And you still have people pro- propagating that in the 21st century. So that, that's yeah, sort my, of what my I'm head was going to going like to Bronze Age, like Bronze Age, like Phoenicians. A little too far. Yeah, David I think that's a, that's a little too, well, that. And so then you're it's right. like they're so homogenous at that point where I, it, it's it, it is racism, mm. but is it? But I, I guess so man, you need more I, than four hundred years. Then water, I think that's what you, you, no, you're like, not. Yeah, I, I think that's what you're saying. You, my point is, I guess we need you need more than four hundred years is what I'm trying to get down to. Four hundred years is too quick in terms of our our yeah. our lifespan. You you need something like that to go. Well, how did the Greek city states? <laughs> feel about uh the uh persians actually yeah oh yeah the persians there you go how do they feel about the persians that's thousands you need so you need thousands of years in between in order to 
to look back and say, oh, man, that was just ridiculous. How could these people who are relatively close to one another uh, view each other in such extreme xenophobia uh, types of uh, type of rhetoric and, uh, and viewpoints? So, yeah, I, I think I think it's going to take thousands. It's going to take at least a thousand years for us to rid ourselves of the plague. So do you uh, think that is that when if the and when Atlantic that... slave trade, mid-Atlantic slave trade in this country? Yeah. Go on. So future peoples without putting a date to it they're looking back because again it's uh, we've talked about this before people within the era can't define their era can't right. define the define the bronze age and the stone age when you're in it you just don't no. know as no, historians it's, it's later just on time. To it's do. just what it's just a time so we have in. no idea yeah. what era we're in and how it'll be defined that's correct and so it's interesting to say like all right well whenever that next era is how will they look back on us and what will be the mm. i can't believe they did that um, in terms of legalities and and if it's racism, is it all just like, you know, from Paleolithic to <laughs> X era, they always were racist and now they're now we're not type thing. It's kind of an interesting way to break the hypothetical that I proposed. I, I don't know if that's comforting or not, but it's I think pretty valid. I, just, I mean, I think that's what's daunting. It's like is breaking just how very human, pervasive, uh, human yeah. instinct almost to. Yeah. So to be ultra cautious of anyone outside your immediate family or tribe. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 Oh. It's going to be a while. It's good. That, that, that's the, that's my summary on this. It's going to, it's going to take a long, long time, much longer than I think most people are comfortable with. I think that people want to believe it's like, what are the, it's like our technology, how technology, how we can just sort of like travel along in this like slow little curve and then all of a sudden we get a massive ramp up you know you get a major discovery the internet for instance massive discovery quick everything just goes you know you go from zero to 100 uh over the next couple decades racism unfortunately (laughs) it's so it's so intrinsically bred into the human condition it will take thousands of years to completely annihilate i i believe definitely that's interesting. But, that, but I mean, that's what that's what science fiction comes in. I mean, that that's the, the science fiction. Either the people who do science fiction are as cynical as I am when it comes to race. They they have race not as a non-issue once, you know, humanity has colonized an entirely new planet. That. Fantasy then, versus. Yeah. Versus sci-fi where fantasy. We did talk about that. Yeah, a little bit. Is rooted in history. Right. And so has to deal with that. And that's why it maintains the racial element because it's rooted in our in our own history whereas the future is yet to be written yeah and so and so instead we say it's free instead we say people will not be based on the color of their skin they'll be based on what planet they are they they were born on and that's what they'll that's why they'll go to war planetists (laughs) yeah well the martians have a texas accent and that's enough to hate them (laughs) i don't like the martian twang you don't like the Martian. That's exactly it. You don't like the Martian twang. You don't like the way they conduct themselves. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. Well, this wasn't exactly the light topic I thought it would be, um, but it was light it was enough. I think it got I think we got there. I think we got there. We, um, uh, I got I got other stuff, but I don't know if you're interested. It's a wild day. It's a wild time to live in where uh, racism is the lighter topic. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Did we do a, dis- a disservice then? Did we do no. something wrong? That doesn't sound right. No. Well, I mean, when you got people actively dying in a war zone as we speak, it's sort of like, well, at the moment, 
my legal question, I did not know it was going to go there, even though that's kind of what popped in my head in the moment. Um, yeah. I was really hoping you would answer that and not me, but you kind of yeah, sidestepped it. Both. Yeah. It's not really a legal question, but yeah. Well, what would the people in the future look back on our legal system and say? That's archaic. Of course, yeah, of course. I'll what's your, what's your, what's your, what is he, McCoy? Um, we, well, we look. Looks, oh, well, oh, yeah. What, what, when, which, which one where they go back in time and they when, he, when they drill in people's head and he's like, what is this, the medieval uh, practice or whatever when they're when they're drilling in people's head to, uh, I guess, alleviate pressure or something. Hmm. Um, I'm just saying. We here's the thing. We adopt, we identify archaic measures within our own system all the time, and it just takes so much bureaucracy with the way our government is so locked up to do anything about it. I think, if anything, that may be what future people will look back on and say that's so weird. That our bureaucracy. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That so many people knew. That something that was being done, like, for instance, uh, debtor's prison, you know, like just a, there's the idea of remanding someone to jail to say you if you don't have five thousand dollars, you should sit in a jail cell as opposed to going free because you're already admitting that this person, if you're willing to let them go for five thousand dollars, then you're admitting that they are safe enough to be in society. But it's to say, are you rich enough to afford that safety? Like, I mean, not that safety. Well, but that's an interesting concept is that is being that, out and being free. It's like is it's only being, for the rich. Is that incarceration? You think about incarceration as something to protect society. To pre- exactly. But in really incarceration is a penalty, regardless of whether or not you're a danger. That's correct. Well, not a penalty or who you're a poor. danger to, because I guess right. if you're in debt, you're a, you're in danger to the lender. Um, Correct. But, well, yeah, which is which is more uh, a safer position to be in for our society than to be free and, and not in debt, uh, even though you've committed a crime. But if you're wealthy enough to afford the bail, that means that you're like, you know, you're a better person. That's, that's essentially what it's saying. It's like you're a better person because you can afford this this bail. So you're obviously come up not with the money. You yeah, can come you, up with the money. If you come up you with the money, someone. you're better than. Yeah, you're better than you were a minute ago when you, you couldn't come up with the money. And so therefore you must sit in the jail. It is. a Yeah. I mean, now that you mentioned it, bail, it's a crazy. It's a crazy system. It makes no bail sense. is a weird thing, isn't it? Because here's the thing. Even if you were to come at it and say, all right, people who pay $5,000 are less yes, likely to flee. Yes, it's bail just to flee. make sure Hold you don't up. flee. Oh. Bail just to make sure it, you that's don't what flee. I'm trying to say. In that, in that world, which is, yeah, that's like the official. But the thing is, if you could pay $5,000 without having to go into debt, then you're just as likely to leave it because it's not as consequential to you. If, if that's what I'm saying, if it's like out of your pocket and you have enough money to spare and you really want to get out of this, why would you just leave anyway? You know what I'm well, saying? Guess, that's what I'm trying to guess, say. Like, it's crazy. I mean, and again, you know, I'm going to say this, but you'll probably tear it apart. I guess in most cases, it's not them that's posting bail. It's someone else. And there's guilt associated with them not getting their money back. Like it's someone close to you that would actually ever give that money out. And you don't no, want to. No, put- most, of the, most of the time, it's most of the time it's a, a bail bond that is so basically you go in and take a loan at an extremely high interest rate that's usually oh, so it's it not like your mom is bailing you out or something no. like i don't want to no usually you go to post in terms of yeah you go to a special lender which I, I think they're called bail bonds and uh 
and you you yeah for a high a ridiculously high interest rate they'll lend you the money so that you can get out of so you don't have to sit in prison while you're waiting trial and then will you will you go back to prison for being in debt to that person you could <laughs> i mean you you yeah it's more of it's just now you're just the now you're in a whole a different type of trouble my point is that there are my point is there are systems that are trying to dispense with bail they're trying to only use bail in the most extreme of cases and dispense with it with it for your average uh, your 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 average offender, and then at the same time, I mean that's the problem with Rikers. Rikers is a jail. People don't know the difference between a jail and a prison. A prison is a place you go after you've been sentenced and convicted of a crime. You go. The jail's to holding a holding facility, right? Right. Except people sit in Rikers for years, waiting trial, and that's because either they can't pay for 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 the for the bail, or they've been remanded there by a judge who says they are too dangerous to sit in general population, so they must sit in this jail until we can define whether you've actually committed this crime. So it's essentially a place that the judges say you're guilty. We think you're guilty, so you're going to sit in jail until we can confirm that you're not guilty. And you, that could be years. You could spend years in a jail only to be found not guilty. That's crazy. That's God, it, feels like we owe, it feels like we owe them money. You would think that. And we don't. We don't pay those people. They just get to go free. Or, I mean, do we just need to hire more judges? Yeah, well, they, yeah, the system is overwhelmed. I mean, that, that's the other problem. That's, that's why most people plea. Mo- or, or most people are, are pushed and forced by both defense and prosecution, especially if it's a public defender, to plea because the system cannot. A- if every person who was ever arrested requested trial, the system would break. It would completely disintegrate. Seems like we need a prisoner union. You that would be great. Something something for prisoners that'd be amazing. Or a, an accused union. <laughs> or we could just accused. not. Or we could just not put people in jail because you're not proven guilty. You should just you know if someone commits a crime and you find them and you you arraign them and guess what? You can't assume people are guilty. That's not how our system was supposed to be built. But that's the way the system operates, and people are fine with that. I guess in, I in the sense where you're held until you're until your innocence or your guilt is proven, but you're saying that you should not be held at all. Correct. Regardless of your crime, violent or not. That's correct. Until. Until you're until you're a court date. Yeah, because guess what? In the system I'm proposing. Guess who has a greater incentive now to ensure expedient trials? The state does, because if you're putting people who've committed violent crime and letting them sit in general population for years, which is the way you would have done it if you put them in jail for years, telling people we can't get to this yet. We, you know, then you'll get more public pressure. And that's, and that's, so- that's a situation that I think, you know, would put the right amount of pressure on the system to create expedient trials. So there's no such thing as arrest anymore. It's more of, um, I want to talk to you. I want to ask you a few questions if you agree to that, because you can plead fifth and ask for a lawyer. And no, no, you would, yeah, but, you, would, but you, would, you wouldn't be able to arrest anyone. There's no, no you would still arrest. No, because you know, the, the arrest is how you put someone in the system in order to like create yeah, you a can process them, but then they go right. Home. Yes, and then they go home. That's exactly right. It's like we have strong evidence to believe you just murdered fifty yeah, people. Yeah, fifty but, people. Uh, yeah, but you know we want to take your fingerprints and then you can go home. Yeah, sure. Why not? What's the difference? I don't know. No, I'm not smart enough to know that. 
We're, well, I mean, weird. we're using extreme cases. The thing is, That's most not people, extreme. That is extreme because well, most 50 people might don't, be. But what does it matter once you kill multiple people? Once you're well, serial, yeah, but also, but I mean, you could maybe do it something there. Most people in Rikers are not sitting there for 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 charges. Right, right now, I, now can people. I can I can I actually bring up another topic now? Yeah, sure. How long Come do you on. have? No, yeah, we go on. We have we could do another topic because now this is like now this is going into something. Okay. another topic I have. It's okay. Go, yeah, let's do it. All right. Norway killer test limits of lenient justice system. Okay. All right. Now, I, you know, we've talked about this before and I'm a proponent. And so are you, I think of, of further research into rehabilitation and how external factors like mental health and one's environment, both childhood and adulthood and various stressors that prompt unreasonable reactions should be addressed, right? Like all these things factor into the way people behave. It could be temporary insanity or just, you know, people have been dealt a horrible hand and how else would they develop? What else would they develop into? Um, and so the fix won't be in just the walls of our prison, but society needs to fundamentally change how we operate. But most, if not all of that is future state. And I recognize that. And to what we were just saying, you know, how do you keep society safe today? And so I want to read this article. It's, um, it's an AP uh, Associated Press article. And I'm going to, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's like, it's, it's, I'm going to read it, but it's jumping around a little bit. Convicted mass murderer, Anders Bering, and apologies, Brevik. I'm going to go with Brevik. It's probably not right. Um, spends his days in a spacious three-room cell, playing video games, exercising, watching TV, and taking university-level courses in mathematics and business. Halfway through a 21-year sentence and seeking early release, Brevik, 42, is being treated in a way that might seem shocking to people outside of Norway, where he killed eight in an Oslo bombing in 2011 and then stalked and gunned down 69 people, mostly teams, at, some, at a summer camp. Mm -hmm. But here, no matter how wicked the crime, convicts benefit from a criminal justice system that is designed to offer prisoners some of the comforts and opportunities of life on the outside. Still, Brevik's extreme case is testing the limits of Norway's commitment to tolerance and rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. To quote, uh, uh, quote, we never, we have never had anyone in Norway who has been responsible for this level of violence before. And there has never been debate here about whether part of the justice system should be engaged, uh, should be changed for someone like him, said Eric, who survived the slaughter of Utoit. Utoya Island hmm. as an 18-year-old. However, he advises a slow approach that does not bend to Brevik's desire to subvert the system. During a three-day parole hearing this week uh, that was broadcast to journalists, Brevik uh, renounced violence but also flashed a Nazi salute and espoused white supremacy, echoing ideas in a manifesto he released at the time of his killing spree. The outburst was familiar to Norwegians who had watched him deliver rambling diatribes during his partially televised criminal trial. In 2016, Brevik successfully sued the Norwegian government for human rights abuses, complaining about his isolation from other prisoners, frequent strip searches, and the fact that he was often handcuffed during the early part of his incarceration. He also complained about the quality of the prison food, having to eat with plastic utensils and not being able to communicate to, with sympathizers. While Brevik's uh, human rights case was ultimately overturned by the higher court, 
And uh, the episode showed just how far the Norwegian criminal justice system could bend in favor of prisoners' rights and living conditions. Up until about 50 years ago, Norway's justice system focused on punishment, but in the 60s, there was reform, and now a Nordic prison sentence's main punishment is deprivation of liberty that isn't any stricter than necessary. So. Okay. When we talk about a an lot. ideal prison system or rehabilitation system, what a system looks like, yeah. and we address the systemic issues that bring a person to that scenario, I guess in this case, and, in, and what we were just talking about, how, do you, how much do you bend to someone like that where it is an extreme, but yeah. not, not, it's not like it doesn't happen? Well, I mean, he's seeking what do you do early with that release. Do you, He's seeking early release. I don't. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confused. But I'm assuming why they arrested. Really... The assumption is that they arrested him and detained him and did not let him go once he was there. Because the thing is, oh, is I that see what you're saying. You you're, could, you're you could be murdering it, people gotcha. in front gotcha. of the cops. Gotcha. And you still haven't had your due process. Do you just let them go? Well, I think that you cannot have a system that is black and white I, 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 because we're human beings. And so you, you look. You're you're right in this case. It assists in a, in, a, in a case as flagrantly violent as this to let this person go back out in the street. You're basically going to be arresting them every four days because they're just going to keep killing more people while they're you out. Need there. To, you need to literally witness them stabbing, shooting someone or else. But that's you yeah. can't hold them. It doesn't matter the evidence you have, fingerprints, DNA testing, because that's what sometimes happens. You get a warrant based on DNA match. And you go get them, but because they didn't have their court date yet, you don't want to hold them. Well, again, in my what I'm talking about in terms of reform of the system, you could do a hold for a couple of weeks. That's the thing. What I'm talking about, it doesn't necessarily need to but be you know so it could black be years, and white. Though you know it'll it be can't. Years. No, that's what I'm trying to say. In the current system we have, it is easy for the system to get away with it because it can be years. If you had a system where you could only hold someone for three weeks or something that is incredibly nominal in terms of how the length of time, the system will correct itself and say, we need to get these cases done quickly and expediently because of public pressure, because we can only hold this person for a couple of days or, or a month or, or what have you. It's because of the fact that the system gets away with it. And there is, there are no, uh, there's nothing punitive that can occur to a judge or a lawyer or cops that allow or correction facility that allows someone to languish there for upwards of a year, two, three, nothing happens. Like you said, we should be paying these people. We don't pay these people because there's no, there's no recourse. There's so we no, need this, more, the, we, we the need more can judges. Do what it wants. We need more judges and we need more courtrooms like physical locations. And, and I think, that, or we do and it I think the zoom. only way to or force we, or that we, or we zoom it, we do yeah, it or zoom. you zoom it fine. But I'm saying the only way to force expediency is to be more stringent with the way in which, prisoners could be held and for how long they could be held. And I think that that would help the system personally. But, but, but that's the thing you're saying how, you know, basically why are you being held? And if you're brought in because there's sufficient evidence, does it matter whether or not it's a petty crime, violent crime? Like, does it matter? I think, I think that if, it, if you robbed a bunch of men and you yeah. got your, we got your fingerprints, should yeah. they be held until their court date? Or are they allowed to go free? You should be allowed to go free. Why would you hold someone until they're until until you're proven guilty? You should be allowed to go free. That's my point. Uh, if we're going to hold to the ideas of the so system, so does that stretch to this scenario where you witness someone murdering people? The blood, the, the they got the knife in their hand, and you walked into the house, and they did it. 
And I think that the person should, they, like I said, if you had a sufficient, a sufficient remanding period, so you, so the person could be held for a month or two if, in an extreme case, then I think that person would get their court date and then they could be found guilty or innocent. And I think that that's, that's perfectly fine. If the, if the maximum remanding period is a month or it is two or three months, I'm fine with that. My point is right now there is none. We need something like that in order mm. to ensure you need a, you need a mechanism to say like that's correct. All right, you you can hold these people, yes, but you need to process them yes. for the simple fact that they could be innocent, and you are taking too much of their one their free time, yes, of their life away from them. That's yeah. exactly right. So I think it's an increase in capacity, both physical location sure, and. Sure. I mean, look, I staff. would prefer a system where people were not held, especially if my point is, if it were petty crime, I would prefer a system where people are not held. But you, you look, you never you can never know. My point is the way the system currently operates, it's incredibly broken because people could lose even six months is too much time. You've already lost your ability to make a living because no job is going to hold your 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 position open for what? six months. I, while- I, I see you. Were, I see you weren't working for the past year. Where have you been? Oh, I was actually in holding uh, in jail. In jail. Good news is that I was found innocent for for three murders. That's um, right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I have no way of making money. I cannot live because I've lost everything. I've lost my job and I'm and Hopefully I have no you don't have another go. candidate that wasn't entangled in something like that. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Anyway, that's what that's part of the system. But look, I actually I love the Norwegian system. I think it's actually great. I think that think about what do you think about what I just read then? I mean, in terms of in terms of um, Anders, should they bend? I think they're in pro- I think they're in, well, this is I, that's what I'm trying to ask. This is he has a sentence and they they the only thing that I think is missing from their system is the ability to do a life sentence. And I and I think if they were to add that correction, so you they don't believe have that, these you don't, so, so you believe in that you believe in a life sentence and that not everyone can be rehabilitated oh, oh, or at I, least the science or our capability isn't there yet. Here's the thing. Just because you have a life sentence doesn't mean that you are incapable of contributing to society. I think that's the problem, because the way that we treat prisoners, where we strip them of the ability to vote, we strip them of the ability to work and maintain a meaning uh, like a meaningful vocation while in prison. That is a problem. If this guy like wants life to do for, life, life for island where we just like give them an island and you say, yeah, you can have your own commune here and vote. And- Why do we forget about technology when it comes to prisoners? Uh, uh, if, if this guy no, wants to get serious, a, I'm, no, being I'm, serious. I'm being like- serious. I'm saying, well, I'm, I'm trying to say that here's here's something he could do if this dude wanted to, let's say, go and get a doctorate and become a therapist and do Skype calls from his prison cell with clients that we tax because he's a contributing member to society while in prison. I have no problem with that. If people want to do that and he wants to be a psychiatrist, by all means, go for it. That's something he could do. You could rehabilitate and not have to re-enter the regular population and still earn a living and be a human being. And he said, yes, do I believe this guy should have the right to vote? Yes, because What's he's still alive and a him, citizen. Of giving him access like that, but restraining him to a cell, or you know, even, even geographically restraining him. I, I guess I'm not following the point there. You're giving him access, well, what especially you, in the scenario you just gave, helping him with someone else with mental health issues. But you're saying you can't walk on the street freely. I mean, I don't understand that. I don't understand. Yeah, but well, what your alternative is that you have no access to anybody, and you what? Well, no, I'm say, saying you can, you, you can you rehabilitate you rehabilitate them, and they're 
rehabilitation is not possible for everybody. That's I don't believe that. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe well, rehabilitation. Well, is possible I believe that for we just haven't figured it out yet. But sure, yeah. you could you could say that, but I at the with the but way I, that our, where where we are now, no, we are we are worlds away from rehabilitating. I, there's just a lot of different illnesses too that have you know. I mean, I I'm not sure that uh, there's, well, a there's, pedophile there's could be damage. rehabilitated. There's, there's brain damage. There's right. I'm just conditioning. saying conditioning. There's, there's a lot. Right. There's a and lot of brain things. damage in, 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 in no, in I know. A, well, in like a vegetable way. There's there's ways that you could actually have physical trauma to your brain and now you behave differently that is irrational or whatever it may be. be there are things that you can be abused over long periods of time and be conditioned i'm trying to say that you, we're both saying the same thing there's a lot of aspects to uh various conditions that make it almost impossible for a person to be fully rehabilitated to re-enter society but at that same note i do not believe that it is within our right to deprive them of their humanity which is and what so we that's do what i prisoners. mean how do you define that because you're saying yeah, let them have patience. And I'm like, well, give them geographical freedom, but within a, a much larger, like a reserve style, larger area where it's not a cell where we're treating them, you know, unfortunately how we treat animals, um, which is a well, other topic. The, the, you didn't discuss it, but the Norwegian prison system is more, it's less like our prison system in terms of like four walls and barbed wire. It's actually, they have prisons, they have, they have prisoners with like low level offenders where it's just a bunch of houses in, in an area where they're free to like roam about the, the property. Uh, but there are no guards or anything. They could, they could technically run away if they really wanted to. Uh, but they, I mean, they're in the system. They can't get forms of identification and leave the country for instance, but they're, they have much more humane area. Like, well, they, aspects the, the, the their, article, the article quoted a, a, a three room cell is what he has. He probably, um, yes, because he's in a max, he's probably in a maximum security prison, but I'm I'm just trying to say that there are levels in Norwegian No, and I've society. seen that. And, and you brought up pedophiles before. I'm I hate I hate quoting things and it is the nature of a podcast. You're quoting things kind of off the cuff. I remember seeing some type of documentary style program mm -hmm. where they were talking about pedophiles They were on an island and they actually had like apartments and they were able to they were confined to that space. Yeah, that, there is a, there is something like that. Yes. Where is that for us now or is that somewhere else? Right. I think that's like Denmark or something. Because I wanted to say it was for us, but I don't know. Oh, maybe it is. Okay. So maybe right. it is for another country, which okay. would probably make more sense. Yeah. Um, but no, there was a thing like that. And so that's why that and that is actually why I brought up that island thing. That, mm -hmm. That's why I said I was serious about it, because that, from what I understand, is actually happening today. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm I, I guess I would ask you to define humanity. And I'm not saying you have the answer to that, but when you say, you know, just because you've committed something doesn't mean we should rip away your humanity. Well, what does that mean? Well, to me, it means your ability to ask questions and to use your your to use your mental fortitude to be able to and to uh, roam freely to a degree. I, again, I didn't say that. I, I'm not say, I I do believe that our current system is is incredible because I mean, there's so many ailments that can get afflict that become that can afflict you in our current prison system, for instance, not your eyesight diminishes because you're never looking at something that is further than like 20 uh, yards away or something like that. And uh, there's, there's like different other handicaps that uh, can be, can be attributed to uh, long-term incarceration in the way that we currently do it that might not affect somebody in a prison that is more open-aired and, and is a bigger property, for instance, and you have like houses and things of that nature. All I'm trying to say though, is that you, by remanding someone to not having not being able to do meaningful work and to rip them away from any um, 
connection to society, such as something like voting, uh, is to essentially strip them of being part of society. And when you're stripped of being part of society, you are going to act in a more animalistic way. You're, you're basically devolving that individual. You're not allowing them to use their brain. Uh, you're, 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 you're restricting their, their, uh, their movement space. You're going to devolve. And that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why prisons are such are, are basically just cesspools where people are spitting on people and throwing Europe, you know, feces. Like it's, you, you're going to devolve if you cannot stimulate your, your, you, your brain, a human being and I guess the, to have the, brain stimulation. It's just a thing. I, of, that's our humanity. And I guess proponents to all of what we're talking about, maybe victims, families of victims, whatever it may be, would say, yeah, that's what they deserve. That's that's the penalty. That's what you get. That's the deterrent. That's what you have to look forward to. I guess. And is that effective? And, and, and you know, that's we don't, like, I mean, but again, you know, we already take the step of saying that family members don't get to be on juries. You know, we, no, we know already remove we remove yeah. family members from what the state deems to be an effective punishment. Uh, but so there, is the, there is the there is a sense different. of there is a sense of justice when they get that penalty. You like, say that, but that's not true. I mean, well, there are to them, there's, to no, them, not right? necessarily because there are people who want someone killed and they don't end up on death row. They end up either life in prison or they don't get the full maximum sentence that a person feels. Family members get hard done by all the time by the system. That's that's not true. The system doesn't a, care what a family member thinks. I was going to say there's some consolation, but not really. They do it based on voters. It's hard because I don't what gets you reelected as a as a D.A. or what have you. They don't do it based on individuals. Well, I'd be curious to know. Because I don't it's hard for it's it, one, it's hard for me to relate to what a victim may feel like, but it's also hard to empathize because I, I can I can imagine what that stress and anguish is like, but then having knowing what their next thought would be is something that's very difficult to relate to. If someone was suffering or had suffered by the hands of an aggressor. Does death, does their death make you feel better? Their, their tenure term, their life imprisonment or their rehabilitation it's a, into yeah. a fully functioning person. Does that give you the same satisfaction? Well, the people of Norway of other things before have basically said it does. Right? The people of Norway decided that they'd rather have people come back and be part of society than to just simply uh, ostracize them, excess, exile them into uh some dehumanizing, you know, hole in the ground to say this is where you need to be for the rest of your life. I mean, it's you know, it's a good if, point. If, if one so it's humanly possibly, it, it's 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 within yeah, a human capacity. It's within a human capacity to do it. It's just a cultural thing as to what the nation, what the particular nation that is deciding such things, uh, how punitive that nation is. Our What's nation. What's the genesis of that difference? Do you think? Oh well, I would completely say it's again. It's all back to slavery. I mean, that that's really what it comes down to. To America, Norway the, didn't have slaves. I'm, yeah, I'm well, no, Norway might have had some brush with slavery. They definitely contributed. Mon- I mean, they, I, I mean, I don't want to say that. I'm not sure. The Dutch definitely contributed to the Atlantic slave trade. I'm not sure what Norway's king was doing at the time, but they didn't have the mark of having such an industrialized. Because that's the thing people forget institutional. about institutional. Yes, yeah. it's Yes, well, institutional. I think doesn't do it a, a, the correct service. I mean. It was it was it was an industry. It was like steel or or oil. Though actually, it was yeah. It's like you had you had plantations that are like your Exxon's and your Shells. I mean, they were like the plantations in the South, and it was just a, a assembly line of higher ups down to like the lowest slave. It was slaves overseeing slaves overseeing slaves, 
Uh, so I mean, it, it was it was industrialized in in, in many ways, and so and I'm so just trying the, to say and that. And so with slavery, you're saying that there was a a degree of punishing the slaves that has carried over into how we treat people yeah, now. Minorities, well, particularly the way that we treat minorities in the justice system. That is, yeah, definitely, it's influenced in, in the way that the justice system was created. The justice system is almost a reaction to the freed slaves. It's like you can't. What if these freed slaves decide to enact uh, revenge on their on the on the whites that had oppressed them for so long. That's it was the fear. It's that fear that drives the justice system to this very day. So that, the counter would be what was the justice system before slavery? I don't. But there was no before slavery. I guess like there. Are, I, 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 I don't think. I mean, the thing is, I mean, based on historical records, I mean, I mean, the thing. Look, we're, we're going back into a time before you know our modern before modern day okay so i mean it's it's a hard way yeah. to say so yeah there was no such thing as a police force there's no such thing as police but i mean this is the 1800s i mean you know it's it's a different time there was no such thing as well there electricity was coming about you know what i'm saying <laughs> but there's no internet you know so it's, it's I mean, a different if that society gives audience if that gives the listeners any context yeah, yeah this is where it's we're a different society so i mean you to have justify to, this is how far back we have to go which kind of tells it all right yeah yeah, yeah. so but uh but I'm just saying, but those that 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 ideology has not left this country. This country has because of that fear imprint. of the freed slave, the imprint almost. Yeah. And some people talk about generational trauma because of the generational trauma in this society of having to deal with a newly freed population that had been horribly mistreated. There was that fear was pervasive well through the 50s, 60s, 70s, I would argue. I mean, that's the whole idea of Jim Crow. It was the, it was to ensure that African-Americans didn't rise up and kill the whites because of because of how horribly they'd been treated. And so you have a very punitive justice system to enact fear to make sure that they stay. But they stay basically uh, and then mitigated. over time. And then and then it's just I mean, I, I understand the proportion or the, 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 the disproportion of people who are imprisoned and sentenced and things like that. But obviously there are white people in jail. Um, and so that's just like they get caught up in the churn. Is that yeah, kind of, I would actually argue that because, I mean, you could even look at you could look at the way that the justice system penalized drug addiction in the 80s compared to the way the justice system is penalizing drug addiction today in the 80s. When it was mostly everyone was doing drugs the same way. But if you had a drug, you could isolate like crack, you know, you penalize Schedule it differently. Yeah. You schedule it different. Exactly. That's exactly right. You schedule it differently. When it's whites, you go after the drug manufacturer. They they just, what is it? The Sacker family just has to pay $6 billion now. Uh, and everyone who was ended up being addicted, addicted to opioids is getting tons of money pushed into the system so that they can get into rehab programs to, to you know, to bring them back to their glory, to bring, to bring the white person back to being a productive member of society. But black people who are irredeemable, we're going to put them in prisons because they, they, they could never, you know, they were, they were always going to be addicts anyway, and they were never going to really contribute and we don't want them to rise up and kill us all. So <laughs> you know, back you go, back, you go into chains, back, you go into being, uh, to being incarcerated. That's Oof. how I view that. That was not, that was not a light topic. Um, no, it's not light. This is not a light. Good. Episode. It's good. Uh, this is not a light episode. <laughs> um, wow. No, that's I mean, that's I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting to I mean, I, I hate to say like to what I love about history, but 
I wish more people had conversations like this and read into it multiple sources. You never just want to read one book and have an opinion, but the way that everything just kind of flows where it's not, I'm going to read about medieval Europe or I'm going to read about, you know, colonial era USA. It it kind of just all flows. Well, I think it's part, it, it does flow. And I think that that's the disservice that we do to, our population, especially when it comes to academics, is we do not connect things. You know, you that's why people talk about, oh man, chemistry was so boring. It's like, well, yeah, I'm sure chemistry is boring if you're not connecting it to biology, you're not connecting it to physics. If you're not connecting the sciences together so that you get a whole like you have this this more rounded approach to saying, well, this is this is how the right bow connects to, to the leg, what are the leg bone? I'm, I can't remember how that song used to go. But my point is you need to give people context in order to maintain that engagement. If you teach things and hit like when you just do, well, this is the trail of tears and this was slavery. And you don't you don't even connect how the mistreatment of indigenous people led to the Atlantic slave trade, which then led to further mistreatment or, of indigenous or- people. That, well, to you your know, point, to bring it home, say this is the trail of tears and this is slavery. And this is why they're going before Congress today and asking for this. There you go. Exactly. This is what's going on today. Instead, it's isolation. It's like this. This is this happened a long time ago and it was done with. Then and we it has had no the Civil rough. War and there was Reconstruction. Then, well, now let's skip over to the 1960s. Well, and then Martin Luther King gives a speech yeah. on the on the mall. And uh, and then, yeah, exactly. And then we move on to this. If you don't connect everything. Thing, then people are just lost and, and rightfully so how can you why do you expect people to go out and make these connections for themselves when you already taught them not to make these connections that's basically what you've done you taught them uh, a textbook and a history that was disparate and then you go off and say well make the connections you know you can people can do this on their own and it's like of course people are going to be manipulated and fed falsehoods because they weren't taught them for the, the, the a proper way of critical thinking uh, this entire time anyway. So yeah, that's another, that's a whole nother issue. Education is a whole nother issue in this country. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If anyone follows us on Twitter, they know that there's plenty of education hashtags. So funding K through 12 and all that stuff, the administration and the R and D of how humans learn and teach best. So this is saucy um, is a saucy retraction episode long one too we haven't I, done a long one in a while we used to in the beginning we did long ones all the time but yeah let's see, let's see how this plays <laughs> two hours <laughs> two listen, hours for those of you that still commute take your time and for everyone else listen just just find time just just get through it for those of you who work in dc those of you who listen to us up maybe here in jersey and you work in dc this is a good episode for that for that excel commute get on the amtrak Jamie, where can they find us? <laughs> Guys, I don't even know what we talked about today, but it seemed like a lot. Um, hopefully we didn't misstep. Uh, but if we did, let us know. We're happy to retract. That's why we have the name Retraction. We'll figure out what the tagline is later. But um, hit us up at Retraction Media on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what we should cover. Let us know what you disagree with or even agree with. Um, tell your friends and family and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform. And with that, retraction out.